Welcome. This is the weekly Sunday sermon from Rancho Baptist Church in Temecula, California. You can find us at ranchobaptistchurch.org. This week's message by Pastor Jason Swanson, Come and Worship. The original date of this message was the 25th of December, 2022. Good morning and Merry Christmas. A joy-filled Christmas. Back home in our garage, there is a, a turkey in a small little ice chest full of water. And it's been soaking there since, well, yesterday. I want us to soak in God's Word. So for those of you who came last night, you heard Luke chapter 2. You, I asked Pastor Eric to read Luke chapter 2, and we're going to open once again to Luke chapter 2. I want God's Word to saturate us. I, I want us to be exposed to God's Word to such an extent that by the time this day is, is over, this is what you're thinking. Luke chapter 2, the first 20 verses. Now in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David in order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in claws and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. When the angels had gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, Let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen just as had been told them. Let's pray for the preaching of, of God's word. 
Heavenly Father, we stop and we thank you for giving us your word that we might know and understand the depths of what happened on this day that that we celebrate, the birth of our Lord. I pray that you would open our eyes, that you would encourage our hearts, that you would minister to our very souls, Lord, that we might worship you as you intended for us to worship you. In all of your majesty, and all of your glory, Lord, may we rejoice this morning in who you are and what your birth means to us and to this world that you came to. May you be honored, Lord, and may you, the Holy Spirit, be our teacher, our guide this morning. And it's in the the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our risen Lord and Savior, that we pray. Amen. So if I were to ask you what these first 20 verses are all about, you'd perhaps go to the title, at least in my Bible. Your Bible probably has titles too, and you'd you'd look at it and you'd go, well, hello, Pastor Jason, it's right there. It's in bold. Jesus' birth in Bethlehem. That's what this is all about. And, And I would say, well, that is true, there's something that happens as a result of this birth that is highlighted, even more. You see, as we look at the actual birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, the way that Luke presents it to us, just in the sure magnitude of all the verses compared to the verses that Luke uses to reveal to us exactly what happened when Mary gives birth, there's only two verses. That's all we see on the actual birth of Jesus Christ. And it just goes like this. While they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger. Because there was no room for them in the inn. And then all of a sudden it goes on. Before this, it gives us a little bit of a lead in as to where they were and where they came to. And then what we see over and over and over again in six different depictions of how different ones respond to the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. In particular, how they worship the Lord Jesus Christ. And and that's what I want to key in on this morning as we come to God's wonderful word and as we see represented before us First, the reason for worship. You see, if, if we didn't have Christmas and we didn't have the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, there would be no reason to worship. We would have no access to worship. We'd have no means to worship. We wouldn't be able to give God the worth that He is truly deserving of because we wouldn't understand it. We wouldn't see it on full display as much as we do now because of the birth of the Son of God. So that is what we're going to see first, the reason for worship. And and that is contained in just these two small verses. Then we're going to see six different depictions of what worship looks like. And no, it doesn't start with the shepherds. We're going to see it first in the the one angel and how he comes. And and do you know that worship is not contained to us singing? That tends to be the way that we think of it. Oh, I'm worshiping now. Oh, and now Pastor Jason's preaching. 
Do you understand that, that as I'm preaching, I'm worshiping? That as I was driving here, I was worshiping. That yesterday, even as I was wrapping gifts, thinking about the abundance of God's grace given to us, that I was worshiping. It's not limited to that. Let's not look at worship like that. And so we're going to see, even from the beginning, with this one angel coming, worship. And notice, too, what we're going to see is we're going to see it tied in with truth. You can't have one without the other, and that truth brings out what? Faith. So we're going to see faith based upon the word of God, based on truth, leading to worship. This angel had to be given truth from God that he then proclaims. Second, we're going to see a multitude of angels. And how do they praise? How do they worship? By singing. What we have already been doing. Third, we're going to see the shepherds in the field. How do they worship? By going and seeing and proclaiming. They go and they tell. Then we're going to see all those who heard. And how do they worship? They worship through wonder. Have you stopped and just been in a state of wonder over all that this day represents? Then we're going to see Mary. And and how is she going to worship? Through pondering. And then we'll wrap it all up with the shepherds as they return, looking at them now after they've seen everything and they've seen God's word come to a vivid reality and they by faith believe that this is the Savior. How do they respond? The same way that the multitude of angels do, through worship, through glorifying and praising. But make no mistake in what I'm saying. I'm not saying that all of these verses do not go after one central character. They do. This is all about the Lord Jesus Christ. This is about one person. The God-man, Jesus Christ. He is the one subject of everything that is going on. Why? Because everybody speaks of Him. Everybody runs to Him. Everybody, if they're going to sing, they're going to sing to Him. But notice this as well. Jesus is brought into focus, not as the King, not as the rightful King that, that Luke starts off his Gospel with, proclaiming that this Jesus Christ that would be born to Mary would reign forever. But he doesn't come as the king. We don't see him on a throne. We we don't see him from the perspective of, of his divinity. There's not these crazy lights coming out of his eyes expressing the glory and everybody has to just lie down before him. What we're told is he he comes bringing salvation. And that salvation is expressed through the words of those that speak about him, of his birth, of those that sing, and of the shepherds that then recount what was told to them. And all this ties in on how we are to respond. I'm going to give you six different ways that you can worship the Lord Jesus Christ today, this Christmas, that we should be. In one way or another, not just with our mouths, but from our hearts singing praise to him. As no doubt that's what was happening with these angels. But first, let's look at this, the reason for worship. The reason why we worship. The reason why we gather together this morning is because the Son is given. This is all on the side of God. 
This was his plan. This was his doing. This was his day. This was his will. This was his timing. While they were there. Of course while they were there, because that is what God ordained and prophesied in the Old Testament. This isn't going to happen back in Nazareth. This is going to happen in Bethlehem. Not because Mary and Joseph had anything to do with it, but because God orchestrated everything that they would have to leave Nazareth and go to Bethlehem. The days were completed, no doubt pointing back all the way to Genesis and the fall of man, saying that there would be a deliverer who would come, and he would what? He would crush Satan's head. Speaking of the Savior, how many thousands of years had gone on since that promise that they were waiting for? The days were completed for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. And she wrapped him in claws and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. I know we can just look at this in the humility and the circumstances of of where Jesus was born. and, And we can pull back and go, that is amazing. But what is oh so much more amazing is that this is God. It doesn't matter where he was born. It was a major step down. And there are places where children are born where they have nothing over them. And what is of utmost significance and craziness to me is that the God that created everything stepped into creation like this. Depended upon a mom to hold him, to feed him, to cuddle him. This is our God. And and this is the step that he went to the length that he went to in order to pay the price of sin, in order to make a way for us to have eternal life and have a right relationship with God and have our sins forgiven. Amen? And all of this is just the first step to Jesus going to the cross and dying. So yes, the days were completed. The Son is given. And then we see in the same region there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. We all know the story. We've read it how many times now and the angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. Do you understand that that these shepherds were not worshiping? They're not the first worshipers on the scene. The, The shepherds had no idea what was about to happen. This was all God's timing. This is all God's grace that he would send this angel to them. What we see them doing instead of worshiping is being full of what? Fear. That's where they're at when this whole story starts to unfold. They're the furthest away from worshipers than you could think of. They're wondering if they're going to die because an angel just appeared with the glory of the Lord shining through him. And then the angel says what? Man, I have not come to bring fear. Stop being filled with fear. What I have come to do, what I'm here about to say to you, is going to give you great joy. That is why we say Merry Christmas. Joy-filled Christmas. Don't give me happy holidays. Give me Christ. For he is the center of all that we have and all that we are and all we hope to be. He is what makes Christmas worth anything. 
makes it beyond what really even our description and our understanding of what it is. And so what we see is first, the first to worship then is this angel. We're not even told what his name is. Could be Gabriel. We don't know. Makes him an unnamed angel. Why? Because the focus is supposed to be on who he's worshiping, not who he is. The glory that he has is God's glory, not his own. The word that he has is God's word, not his own. He's only a servant giving out what God has told him to give out. And yet in that, that is God's grace. Grace to this angel and grace to those shepherds. And in that, this is his way of worship. That God sent him on a, on a particular trip. Might the Lord be sending you on a particular journey today to a certain group? Just as he was sent to the shepherds, perhaps you are sent to, you fill in the blank, your family. And what does the Lord want you to do? He wants you to share of this joy that you know about. Does that mean you need to stand up and say, everybody stop, listen, I'm going to try to do what Pastor Jason did this morning at church. Everybody open up chapter 2, we're going to turn to our Bibles, and I'm going to... No. That means whatever this looks like for you. Maybe that looks like, hey, just you leading your family, your entire family in prayer. And what do you include in that prayer? You include the gospel. Because that is what this angel does. It's even understood in the words that he uses. I bring you good news. That's, that's gospel news. Evangelion, that's what he's saying. I'm here to give you the best news ever. And this good news, what does it do? It produces great joy. So let's ask the Lord for opportunity to share this good news that brings great joy with everyone that we come in contact with today. In some way or another. For that is what he does. Think about what would have happened if God hadn't sent this angel. Remember, Jesus isn't in the limelight. Mary and Joseph aren't. This is, this is off the grid. God wasn't going to let this go unnoticed, even though it might have gone unnoticed from a human perspective. And so what happens? Heaven joins in. Heaven that had been waiting all this time to see what this fulfillment of all of those prophetic utterings in the past, what they would look like. Man, what would he be like? Remember, angels aren't omniscient. They're not omnipresent. And this one angel gets the best job ever to be the front runner for all the other angels. And that's who we see next. The second who come to worship. Instead of through their proclamation of gospel truth, how do they worship? They worship through, and I'm going to present this as singing. Praising God and saying... That, that word sing can be translated, can be understood as singing. And what do they sing? Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased. What does this earth need? Peace. Needed it back in the days of Jesus? Don't we desperately need it today in our day? 
Not just in America, the entire world. Are you kidding me? That is what we need. But not just peace with one another. No, that only goes so far. That only lasts for this life. We're talking about peace with God. Between you and God, that's what you need. Why? Because sin has come and damaged your relationship with God. And God says, because of the sin that you have committed, you deserve death and eternal punishment. Separation from God forever. That's what happened in the garden. They were kicked out of the garden. They could no longer be in fellowship with God. They were no longer at peace with God. They were at an enmity with him, separated from him. And so what we need is peace, and that is what this angel is declaring Jesus Christ brought. That is the good news that is for all the earth, all peoples, and that is understood. And what do we see here? We see that with Jesus Christ, even a terrible turmoil that we might find ourselves in this Christmas, we can have hope in that because of the peace that Jesus Christ offers And then we see, and I want to blend in this aspect of faith because there is an understanding that that what this angel declares to the shepherds, they believe. They have faith in. They believe it not only to be true, but they believe it to be not words from the angel, but they believe it to be the very words of God. As we see third, the third to worship are the shepherds in the fields. And I, I didn't put this on an outline because I, I wanted you guys to stick in the Word of God. That doesn't mean you can't take notes. If you want to take notes, number three is the shepherds in the fields. And, and how do they go and worship? They worship through going and telling. Again, instead of somebody coming to you, maybe you are going to tell them. And then when the angels had gone, verse 15... Back into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, let us go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has made known to us. Notice, which the Lord had made known to us. They took everything that the angel said as coming from God and by faith they accepted it. And then they get quite excited. And in the Greek, it, it doesn't just say they began saying, it actually says that they continued saying. So it's like they can't stop talking about it. Man, did you hear what he said? Let's go check that out. Let's go check that out. Let's go check that out. Who knows how many shepherds were there, but they wanted all of them to go. There was an excitement about what was happening, about going and seeing the Lord Jesus Christ, about going and seeing all that this angel had said. Do you have that excitement this morning? That anticipation that you're not just going to bring your family to all the presents, but you're going to bring your family to the Lord Jesus Christ. And you're going to remember him this morning. As you gather together as a family, as you gather together in the bountiful abundance of, of, of turkeys. Hey, li- listen, we lived in a country where we didn't get turkeys. Well, we could get them, but they were like $70. And they had to fly them in, which was another $50. And who's going to pay that kind of money for a turkey? Right? We complain that we might have to pay 25 bucks for a turkey. That's God's grace that we get turkey and all the extra blessings. But don't get sidelined. Put Jesus into the middle, even of that time. 
rejoicing in his goodness to us? Are you committed to taking your family to the Lord Jesus Christ this morning, this afternoon? And notice how they say, let us go straight there. Many believe that they were up on a hill overlooking Bethlehem, and this was no short distance. This wasn't a 100-meter dash, so they were just going to show up. There was some commitment involved in this, and they were committed to it. And yet we, we don't see anywhere that the angel actually t- commands them to go. And yet they understand, of course we're going to go. What, what else would we do? We just heard this wonderful news. And yet in, instead of just going and seeing, what do they do? They came in a hurry and they found their way, verse 16, to Mary and Joseph and the baby who lay in the manger. And when they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told them about this child. What do they do? They rehearse the gospel again. And they let all that are there, and, it, and, and it's understood that it's, it's more than Jesus and Joseph and Mary. There's, there's others there. And they let all them know exactly what had been told to them. That a Savior who is Christ the Lord has been born. And they would all understand what this Savior means if they were Jews. That this was the coming Messiah, the promised one. He had arrived. And they kept nothing back. But they explained it all. Maybe that's an added encouragement. Maybe that's an admonishment to us. When we do take our family to Jesus, are we going to take them all the way there? And are we going to fully disclose everything that we know about the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is God? And that his coming and his birth changes everything. Just as it changes these shepherds, who after this night live their life completely different. Just as he has changed our lives. So first... We see this one angel's worship in the proclamation of the gospel, sharing that good news with the shepherds. Then we see the myriad of angels, a host of angels, singing glory to God in the highest, and that's how they worship. Third, we see these shepherds going to see Jesus and telling everyone what the angel had told them, telling them the good news, the gospel. And then fourth, we see this in verse 18. All those who heard... And I'm going to say that their worship is wondering. All those who heard. Verse 18. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told them by the shepherds. This word wonder means an extraordinarily impressive thing. It can be to be disturbed, but in this case, it's in the positive. It means to be amazed. And... Certainly, amazement was not out of place for all that had happened and all that had been communicated. Why? Because this decree takes them from point A to point B. They weren't supposed to be in Bethlehem. Then an angel comes and gives these shepherds these words, and now these shepherds, these unschooled, untrained men, are now proclaiming this truth about the Messiah that he has indeed come. And then they say that there was a myriad of angels. And they, things ended up exactly the way that the angel told them. All of this causes this wonder, this amazement, 
and all of these others that were there. But is this worship? And I was half the week not putting this in and half the week putting this in. Going, Man, is this really worship? Okay, here's the thing. The only way that we can worship according to Hebrews 11.6 is if there is faith. So I'm going to couch this like this. I don't know who these guys were. And so on the one hand, this wasn't worship. If they did not believe and they did not exercise faith in what was presented to them as the gospel, as true, that this is indeed the Messiah, then this was not worship. This was wonder that stopped short of faith. Maybe that's you. Oh man, this is amazing, but I don't really know. Are you kidding me? You really want me to believe this? Yeah. But on the other side, if there were some who instead of just using this as the first step towards faith, launched from this wonder into faith, then this was worship. And this can be represented in who we are. For those of us who already know the Lord Jesus Christ, what should be a response? We should worship the Lord in wonder, in amazement over the fact that he took on human form and flesh. And then we see number five, the next who worships. Verse 19, but Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. So she worships by treasuring and she worships by pondering. Two things that, that, that you do, that, that word treasure means to preserve or to protect or to defend. It's the idea that she's not going to let this go. She's going to hold on to it. She's going to regurgitate. She's going to think about this. She's going to remember this over and over and over again. Why? Because she has faith that this is true. And yet she recognizes he's, he's just a baby. She more than any of us recognizes that. And so I wonder if in, in some time she, she'd start to doubt. Are, are you kidding me? I'm having to change his di diaper again. Okay, they didn't have diapers, but maybe cloth diapers. This is the Son of God. This one crying. She just ponders it all. And think about God's grace. How cool is God's grace? First, that he would send an angel to her to let her know this was all of God and that through her, the whole world was going to be blessed and that a Savior who was Christ the Lord was going to come to the world and she was going to play a part in that. But he doesn't stop there. Then on the very night, the very day that he is born, he adds more to it to strengthen her faith, to let her know this is all true. Listen, this doesn't happen to any other baby. This happens to your baby because your baby is unlike any other baby. You know that because of how he was conceived, that he was not conceived by normal means. This was a miracle. And this too is a miracle. Listen, these shepherds come and they tell you all of this. And then what does she do? She protects it. She preserves it. And she ponders it. This is to scrutinize difficult events in order to gain a right understanding. She wants to make sure that she's understanding this correctly. 
So she's reminding herself that this is the Savior of the world. And that brings us to the last, the shepherds, who in more ways than one have done a complete circle, right? The first time we see them, they're not worshipers. They're ignorant. They have no idea what's about to happen. Then they're given the truth. And then they respond, and they respond by going and telling. And at that point, they are worshiping through their gospel proclamation, And now in in a full circle all the way around after they grasp everything and they've seen that baby and they've praised and they've worshipped him, no doubt right there and then they go back home to the fields and there they worship him. And here they worship and they give him glory. Glory above all others. Why? Because they are changed and they recognize the gift that has been given that is greater than all other gifts that will change their eternal state. And who wouldn't rejoice? Who wouldn't want to stop and praise God? So we should join in with these shepherds for sure. But last night, and for those of you who weren't here, I I started our time off in the Word asking what what is missing in this account according to our traditions. And I said, Frosty the snowman, Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer, and all sorts of other things that don't have anything to do with this. But I I ask us this morning, what is missing in Luke's depiction? Is there anything missing here? This is another reason why I wanted us to read this over and over and over again. This this just comes from observation. Do you know that that I spend time in my study just observing? I just write down little observations I have. Sometimes 25, sometimes 30, sometimes 40 little points. Some, Some of them are real easy. This one's real easy. Where's Joseph? Well, I see Mary. That makes sense because she had the angel, and and man, she's been thinking about this all the time. So, of course, she treasures it, and she's going to guard it, and she's going to protect it. The shepherds I get. But but where's Joseph and his response? Is he a conglomeration of all of these? Is he not only pondering, but is he praising? Is he not only praising, but is he going out and telling others, hey, come and look at my baby. This is like no other baby. Let me tell you about this child. Flip it around. Perhaps Joseph isn't even mentioned so that you and I would be challenged. How are you going to respond? How are you going to worship the Lord Jesus Christ on this day? Well, one way I know that we can do, and what a blessing to be able to have Christmas on Sunday. You know, I I commend and I'm so thankful that all of you came. Praise the Lord for you. you. You know what is one of the major blessings is we can't sing like this at home. We can't give praise and adoration. Well, you can, but not in this volume. We spent nearly 20 years in the jungles of Papua New Guinea. The way that they sing, the way they talk is different. I can sing it, but it doesn't reach deep into my soul and into my heart. 
as much as singing songs in English. And to hear others sing, man, sometimes I just stop and I just listen to the chorus of you guys. And we get to do that this morning. And the way that the angels started off for us, they were the first ones, and, and all we are doing is continuing on this long line of worshipers who gather together on Christmas Day to remember him and to praise him through worship. Amen? So if Pastor Shane and the worship team, you guys could come up. Let's continue our time and go on into the rest of this day worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for giving us the greatest gift ever. Lord, cause us to worship you in truth and in spirit this morning according to what you have revealed in your word. You are such a gracious and loving God. We thank you for the gift of Jesus and your love foot put on full display through his birth, taking on flesh like ours, but not being sinful, living a perfect life and dying on, on the cross. Lord, we rejoice in who you are this morning and over your birth. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray.